Welcome everyone to the Empower Up podcast. I'm Jeremy Bourne, and today we have John Bennett, Gray Matters Vice President of Professional Services. And we're gonna talk about something that we get a lot of traffic on our website about, and it's the ISA 101 standards. And ISA, for those who don't know, but probably most of you do, is the International Society of Automation. And they set standards to basically try to take out some of the complexity for, for SCADA screen users. So John, welcome. Thanks for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Very glad to be on this and uh, really to share this experience with everyone. Uh, you know, being an engineer, I've used standards for many, many years. So having the privilege to actually be on a standard, to write those clauses and be involved with an international team of almost 20,000 people's opinions was was an exciting time. Uh, very, very interesting. Uh, worked my way up through, uh, I am one of the co-authors of the style guide portion of the standard and a voting member of that standard, which means I'm very involved in all the aspects and comments and things that are coming through relating to it. And our next revision will be in about a year and a half to update that standard. So to kind of give a brief summary of what that standard is, when we first started out with it, everybody wanted to create the standard to say, you shall do, you will do, and kind of lay it out as the law of the land as most standards are written. But because this standard came out when there was already a very large installed base of HMIs in the industry, what the standards real focus was, was getting rid of the complexity, correcting the issues that everybody started to do as systems developed. When HMIs first started, they were really a green screen, amber screen, limited capabilities, not very much real estate to put information on, so they were very simple. Computers and technology evolved and the systems get a lot more power, a lot more resolution, millions of colors, movement, activities, all kind of great features. And of course, when you give people options, everyone has to use all the options. Absolutely. So the screens and things became very, very complicated and they lost focus on what the real purpose of an HMI screen was. So when we were developing this standard, what we were focusing on was that critical aspect. What is the real purpose of an HMI and how can we help guide it? So in doing that, we looked at a lot of different things. You know, we looked at even terminology. Is it a graphic? Is it a screen? Is it a mimic? Is it a display? What is that? So we created a glossary of terms and breaking all of those things down into their components so that the international audience could relate to what was being discussed within our standard. And then from there, we had to start talking about, well, how do you develop this graphic? What needs to be on it? What are the different areas? We talked about the different colors. Well, what was color really going to be used for? Color is used to draw your attention. 
it's either to draw your attention at a state or it's to draw your attention at an action that needs to be taken. Well, a lot of people are using red and green to determine states. So a lot of people on the standard wanted to dictate what that meant. But I'm sure everybody listening has their opinion on it. Whether you came from an industrial background or you came from a power background, those two colors mean the exact opposite. From a power perspective, green is ready and available. Red means I'm on, running, active, I'm in danger, I am energized. From a manufacturing perspective, it's kind of like a traffic light. Green means go. This system is running. It's, it's on. Red means stopped. It's not moving. It's not on. It's, it's not open. So you can see just from that little bit, there's mass confusion. So the standard was designed to be able to help the audience determine what they were going to do. What standard were they going to use and stick to it? Also to get rid of those colors because a lot of people are colorblind. And if something is say red and they can't see red or red is an alarm or red means I'm closed, well, how can I discern the difference with that? So that's why we discussed using grayscale. Also, if you look at a screen that has a lot of detail on it, and things are grayscaled, so white is indicating running or some action is energized and gray means it's there but it's not energized and something turns red or something turns yellow, it's really gonna draw your attention to that item. Because everything else on the screen is gray or you know some shade of it, but it's now changed and that one spot on the screen just focuses you in Exactly. on that one issue. And then the other thing that that we went through in dealing with the systems layout is most people were designing a screen and the operators using the screen and the maintenance person comes into the control room and says, hey, can you add these things for me so that I can look at these when I'm looking at the screen? The scheduler and shift foreman comes in and says, hey, it would be nice to know this information. So they added that to the screen. The manager came in and said, gee, I'd like to know this. So they added that to the screen. So the screen became really confusing. You know, it'd be like if you were driving your car and going down the road and you had 42 gauges on your dashboard and your oil pressure went low. Would you be able to discern that? Not quickly. Right. You might pick it out, but you might not. And that's something you need to react to. You know, if your temperature's going a little high, you got some time. But if you lose oil pressure, you're not going to have time before you destroy the engine and you just failed. Right. So that was our perspective in looking at these graphics and the colors is we wanted to give you indication quickly but we wanted also to only give you the indication based on your job perspective on what you needed to see. You know, you don't need to see in your car all the stuff the mechanic is going to plug into and see. He needs to know that when he's going to fix something, but you don't need that to operate the vehicle. 
And we took that same perspective in how the system was laid out to help the audience, the mm -hmm. operator or the maintenance person or the manager see was more focused to their needs. Right. And part of it is they need to be able to make a split second decision in, in kind of a worst case scenario when something is going wrong, when, when the pressure is high. And so you want that interface to be as intuitive as possible, right? That's what it all kind of comes down to. Absolutely. Okay. It's like if you were, if you were cooking a meal and all of a sudden I have 30 seconds to add this ingredient, I don't want to go and open up a 400 page book and try to figure out where that page is. that tells me exactly what the measurement is of what I'm adding. Right. You want to have that readily available. Right. Right. So talking to you, it sounds like it's a no brainer. Why wouldn't we, you know, change our visualization to a new standard to, uh, you know, a new way of looking at it so that, you know, the, the colors only show up when something's going wrong. You know, when you get down to implementing something new, there's always going to be people who are hesitant to change. But what have you found when companies have gone through this process and asked for help in implementing ISA 101? So both in presenting this in seminars and different places and actually sitting down with clients to discuss the standard and why or how they would go about implementing it, when we're when we're talking to the actual engineers in charge of the system and to architect the system they really feel that everyone who's going to use it is going to be resistant to it because most of us human nature we're resistant to change we really don't like change but we also don't want to keep doing things that makes it difficult for us and makes it so that we cannot correct things. So most of the time, the first thing that I get out of the management side or the engineering side is, you know, this is really great stuff. We understand exactly where you're coming from and why you want to do it, but our people are not going to accept this. They're used to it this way, and to make that kind of change is, is, is going to really disrupt their world. But, you know, sometimes you just got to throw it away and create a blank sheet to really have improvement. So we talk through that and we bring in the operators, we bring in the maintenance people, the different audiences that are actually using the system and talk through what we suggest. And to everyone's surprise, they're normally looking at us going, oh, when? Absolutely. We need to do this. Why haven't we done this already? They're enthusiastic about it. They want to do it. They're, Very much yeah. so. You know, they don't want to change just to change, but they see what's happened over the years too, and they struggle with what they have. So when they see this fresh approach, they're really ad adapting to it and engaging into it. And a lot of our processes is actually to get that audience engaged in what we're doing. There is nothing better than having an operator show another operator a screen and said, look, this is the stuff I suggested and look at it here. Isn't this really good? That's buy-in. They, they, they buy they've contributed they to it. They own it. Yeah. Yeah. And when your livelihood, part of it depends on making sure that something's running safely, you want to take every advantage you can. 
right? I mean, you want it. You want to use every tool that you can to achieve that. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the new vehicles today. They have options on them with radar detection and stuff like that that'll warn you and start to apply the brakes if you're going to run into the vehicle in front of you. They give you an option to turn it off, but why would you? I wouldn't. Yeah, I'd use it. <laughs> so, for companies, for people, operators who who want to go a step further. Um, What's Gray Matters approach if somebody comes to you and say says, you know, I'm really interested in this, you know, making sure that we're using the most up-to-date standard for our, our, our SCADA architecture. Um, what do we do to go forward? How do we plan that? Um, you know, what's a customizable solution? So we're, we're trying to help the industry out there and understanding the standard. You know, the standard came out late 2015, early 2016 when we were out in seminars and asking people if they've heard of the standard we get very few people raise their hands and they'd start to look at the standard and then they'd want some help to understand it today most people now have seen the standard know about it but really don't know where to begin to be able to do that so we offer a customized workshop and it is so different than you really can't have a training class because each industry has to adopt this standard to the needs that they have. So we offer customized workshops to help them first understand the standard, then to create their style guide and their adoption to the standard, such as what is on, what is off, how am I going to display that, and keep that standard. How am I going to create navigation? What is my screen layout going to look like? How am I going to present things to the different audiences? So that's all very customizable to the particular industry and to the particular company on how they do business. So we create these customizable workshops. And we're not talking a lot of time. These workshops are divided into four days. Day one, understand the standard, understand the terminology, know how to walk through that standard and determine what you need. Mm -hmm. Next day is starting to interview all the different audiences and people that are gonna use it to what is their style? What do they wanna see? What most benefits them? Then the next two days is creating that style guide and implementation and creating some templates around those suggestions so they have a basis to work from. So when the workshop is done, you have a style guide, implementation, and some templates to be able to move forward. Well, John, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about ISA 101 and the workshops that gray matter can offer and if you're interested in learning more and connecting with john's team uh, email us at marketing at graymattersystems.com and uh, we'll make sure that you get the right information so john thanks again for your time today 